everybody listen to We're Not Wizards. Because we are the best. And we're not wizards. No matter what anybody says. Goodbye. to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for today or tomorrow or Wednesday or Tuesday or whenever, because after all, it's your podcast. Um, so joining me is, um, you know, podcasting can be quite difficult, but sometimes you've got to turn that skill level up. And one of the ways uh, to turn that skill level up is to invite on as many people as you can from <laughs> from an organisation. So, uh, joining me, jo- joining me today from uh, from Digi Sprite, who are up, who are up north, and we'll do some folk up in Scotland up north jokes later on. Um, I've got Robin Davies, who's the MD. I've got Elaine Lithgow, who is the producer, and I've got Sam Taylor, who is the lead designer. So. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. It's so um, it's it's good to good to have you on. I don't know how this is going to work in terms of getting people to talk. I'm just going to ask questions and then put a, a kind of a random name on the end. Um, for people who haven't listened to the show before, the reason that we do this is quite simply because um, we've done 250 episodes, so we would stop. Now, we might as well just keep going until the world ends. <laughs> and the other reason to do this is we um, we kind of we speak to a lot of designer developers and for, for want of a better word, a lot of them are kind of based further afield in the in the kind of the US. So I speak to a lot of folk from, as you would say, kind of a lot across the pond. Um, but today I thought um, well, a couple of weeks back, I saw there, um, there was a, a kind of company on Twitter that was kind of working and operating out of Dundee, and it was called DigiSprite, and I went, oh, um, I was kind of interested to see what they were doing and what they were up to, so I decided to have them, have them kind of on. Um, but guys, obviously, we want to kind of know a little bit about yourselves. I guess the first thing is, I mean... Um, I mean, where did where did the idea for the company kind of come together? I mean, have you guys kind of known each other long? Have you been kind of like friends long? Have you kind of do you play board games together quite regularly? Um, so I've done like sort of uh, indie game development and stuff for quite a few years. So I started the company mm-hmm. myself a while back and just did some like video game indie dev stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Then I met Elaine. And through her, I met Sam. Those guys have been good friends together for quite a long time. So just kind of through all knowing each other, we all all played games, all played board games and stuff together. Um, And then it kind of started with Doomsday Bots where um, 
It was actually it was initially an idea that I had for another sort of video video game, um, mm-hmm. and I sort of, like I had been sitting at work thinking about it all day, um, and I brought it home and we just sort of started talking about it, and it became this kind of cool idea for a little board game that we ended up working on. Um, all right, okay, so, okay, yeah. Have yeah. you been playing kind of board games long, then, Robin? I mean, have you? Is this something you've been doing for quite a while? That I'm obviously you're obviously involved in the video games as well as the board games. So, have, have you been playing board games quite long yourself? Then, um, yeah, I've been playing board games for a decent while. Not as long as uh, video games. Like board games was more of a more of a recent thing, but still for a little while, um, mm-hmm. and certainly more so now um, after meeting sort of Sam and Elaine and. Uh, doing all this, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what about yourselves, Sam and Elaine? I mean, um, I mean, how? I mean, how did you? Do you remember how you kind of met? Kind of Robin, kind of bumped into them, got involved. I mean, were you were you two kind of playing board games um, for a while then, or? Um, well, Sam and I originally met back at university. We went to Abertay University, and we were mm-hmm. studying um, games design, production management. That was mostly focused around video games again. All um, right, okay. But ever since then, Sam and I, we were constantly designing many failed, terrible um, <laughs> card games. And one time, we tried to design a, car- a game that was both miniatures skirmish tabletop game and also a card game on the side and we realized it would take about four tables to play and um, by the time we got it done um but yeah we've always been kind of like doing little things here and there on the side and um, mm-hmm. but it was only really once we and um, we met robin and started hanging out there where robin was like oh hey you know i actually have a company we could actually make one of these <laughs> games a real thing and we're like nah <laughs> No, so just like a side kind of comment kind of thing. Ah, just like when somebody says, you know, I've actually got a thirteen hundred foot yacht. If you want to use that at all, <laughs> kind of thing. Kind it's of. Kind of like, I've actually got. I kind of got. I get a little. I don't mean to say. I'm kind of embarrassed even kind of mentioning it, but <laughs> yeah. I do kind of have like a board game company uh, sitting here in my in my kind of back pocket, ready to go. What What's was... the skirmish game called? Oh god, what Sam. was it? Was the working title Sam. Terra something? Yeah, it was like Terra something. <laughs> right. Uh, it was like a weird futuristic uh close combat miniatures game. Um and the cards all represented like equipment and stuff that you're trying to dole out to your guys. And then there was like battlefield action, so you could call down orbital bombardments and stuff like that, but um you know, there's like there's a couple of ideas in there that are pretty good. I think they'll, they'll maybe just be in mm-hmm. the back pocket for later. But that game was a mess entirely. <laughs> um, I think that kind of came about because, uh, like, I'm a I'm a Magic the Gathering kind of guy. I've been playing trading card games since I was like six years old or something. And Elaine's more like a Warhammer wow. nerd. So we tried to kind of combine both things there, and it didn't it didn't go. Too well. It did not work. No, <laughs> but the <laughs> thought was there. Yeah, it's kind of like chivalry and realism. <laughs> but interestingly enough, I'm pretty sure that there's a, quite a few. Um, hasn't the Warhammer kind of gone down that route? The Games Workshop stuff, so a oh, lot yeah. of it's gone down the route of introducing kind of cards. I'm pretty sure, isn't that kind of Shade Spires? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I think the guys at Un- Unlucky Frog um, podcast will be screaming <laughs> at this episode going, you stupid, <laughs> idiotic. Um, ignorant man but as far as I was aware um, 
that's what they did. They kind of introduced the kind of the card mechanic alongside the, the miniatures. I don't think it was in a kind of like a bigger, a bigger army type thing, mm. but I think it was definitely, it was kind of definitely there. So, um, have you, have you two been kind of like designing? Did you continue with the kind of the design aspect? I mean, did you obviously you threw terror, terror blancmange or whatever it was called <laughs> off to the side, and. Uh, kind of focus so did you as have you all I mean I guess Sam have you always been kind of playing away at card games then have you always tried to invent something that's just like magic but it's better yeah definitely um that was definitely a goal in like my late teenage years was to try and make like better magic um but I find that's <laughs> that's pretty hard um so like I, I wanted to make a game that was like magic and also Yu-Gi-Oh at the same time all right um, okay but, like that didn't go too well um but like we've always tried to make a bunch of different games. Like I've got this weird passion for um, the old WWE Raw Deal trading card game. All um, oh, right, okay. And it's got this really interesting system that nobody really uses anymore um, for like trading card games, or even just like card battle stuff, anyway. Um, so I like you know I'll just I'll just get weird ideas like that. Like here's this old card game that nobody really uses, and just take pieces of it uh-huh. and try and put it together mm-hmm. into something else. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a All different right, process okay. working with these two because um, it's like a lot more it's, it's better because we actually get things done and it usually Start works again. most of the time um, most yeah. of the time I think that's a problem we've all had is just like starting a bunch of random projects that that we like or that we think are good and then just you know them just kind of trailing mm-hmm. off and never yeah. happening so it's good having this kind of it's good having like a team structure where we're all actually getting stuff done instead yeah. of just Forgetting about things or or whatever, so yeah. People call you on your shit. I mean, how does how how does a dynamic work then? I mean, because normally, if I'm speaking to say, like designer, kind of developer, kind of people for kind of tabletop, they're usually lone by themselves, not working in a team. Um, The only thing time they claim to be working on a team is kind of like a line on their CV. (laughs) <laughs> um, but generally, all the ideas have got nothing to kind of filter through. Does it? Does it make for? Does it make for a, a little bit more of a, a, a kind of a more interesting process? Is it a is it a slower process having three people develop a game than you just coming up with the ideas kind of like yourself? Would you say? I think it can be a bit of both. Where you know, because there's three of us sort of shooting ideas and, and bouncing things off each other. We're able to mm-hmm. we're able to get more done in that regard, um, mm-hmm. but there certainly are situations where it's like you know we're, we're all we're all going completely opposite directions with a thing, um, mm-hmm. and so it can it can be more difficult to kind of pull all of that together into one cohesive idea that works. Um, but I I think it, I think it works very well because you get different viewpoints, you get different experiences, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that that benefits us rather than just you know one person making a thing, um, and running with that, um, sort of in a vacuum. So with us three being mm-hmm. able to just bounce everything off each other, I think we get a, a really good dynamic, and I think we all work well together as well. Okay, okay. Does it mean that you've got more ideas kind of discarded then? Oh, oh yeah. Does yeah. it? Yeah. We've got we've got yeah. the the idea wall in our in our flat. And it's it's just like it's just a it's just full of just post its of ideas yeah. of things we have and it's just like we're never gonna get around to like any of these but they're there. 
you know? <laughs> is it like the conspiracy? Is it like yes, the conspiracy absolutely. theory meme? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're just, yeah. So it's, if we ever need an idea, we can just pull pull a post off the wall. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we tend to end up with sort of like one idea that someone comes up with and we all really like, and then we just kind of kind of run with that, yeah. get a little, little prototype together and just see how it works. So if it's good, then we keep running with it. If it turns out to not be so good, then just kind of bin that and move on. Yeah, I think that for me is one of the best things. Because um, I worked in video games for quite a while as well. Um, and yeah. one of the best things about board games is how quickly you can take a concept to a prototype. If you're yes. if you're working in video games or whatever, it can take you weeks, months to get like basic functionality in play and get a proper feel uh-huh. for the game. Mm-hmm. But yes. on a Saturday night, you can stand up and say, oh, my God, I have this great idea. And then the paper comes out and the printer comes out. Yeah. And like by the end of the weekend, you have a working prototype and you can tell if it's going to if it's going to work. Yeah, I've definitely yeah, done it's... that a couple of times. Um, just had yeah. like two day prototype processes. We've got a shelf of a bunch of games as well that we've not really even tested. But I've just sat down over a weekend and got all the bits together just so I can get it out of my brain mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. keep going with like Adventure Mart and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I've spoken to a few kind of designers who the route to actually developing a tabletop game was they had an idea, say like a a MOBA or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, um, you know, they were going to make the next whatever, um, but them actually taking it to they were in video games, but actually sitting down and actually programming something, getting even the most basic prototype working was just it was taking them months to the point that the kind of the passion that originally fueled the idea almost kind of disappeared yeah because they were having to spend so long kind of programming it so by the time they kind of were kind of i guess kind of up and running with it they're kind of like can't be arsed with this anymore i'm gonna go (laughs) and do something else whereas you know they went they were able to get like you know 15 sheets of a4 cut it up into kind of yeah, cut it up into cards and then get themselves kind of rocking and rolling within a, a kind of a couple of, you know, with literally, as you said, Sam, you know, within a couple of minutes or, you know, even a couple of days to get something kind of, mm-hmm. kind of up and running and, and, and kind of worth it. Um, out of interest, Robin, I mean, what, what made you decide to put the company together? I mean, I, I take it obviously it's, you know, the business itself seems to be kind of like a, almost a bit kind of like a holistic digital type suite of, you know, different services that you offer. Was it because that you originally, you know, you started off offering digital services that you set up the business in the first place? I mean, how did you come to kind of, how did DigiSprite actually come to exist? Um, so it started off when I was at university. Um, so in, right. in my first year, I started doing like freelance web development type things. Oh, right. Um, okay. So I did that sort of throughout university, just as instead of getting like a you know another part time job, I just did that instead. Um, because I was doing applied computing at uni anyway, so it kind of yeah they, yeah they fit together really well. Um, so I started doing that, and then I think it was in my third year we did like a, a video games module. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was working on my project for that, it was something that I was I was sort of looking to actually take further and and release and stuff. Um, and because of that, I thought, well, you know, I might, I might as well start an actual 
company for this. You know, if it's something that I'm going to want to do and, and be able to mm-hmm. run as a proper company. Um, so I did that. And then since then, I've just gone, well, sort of between then and now, um, I just carried on doing that sort of stuff, making little indie games and stuff. Um, yeah. I never, never really went anywhere with them. The, like the, fir- the first one that I made, I got it greenlit on Steam. Um, and it was part of like, yeah. a, there was like an indie bundle that got put into that. Yeah. And got a bunch of copies sold through there. Um, but as with most of the projects, it just kind of fell to the wayside eventually. Um, and then. What was that called? Uh, it was called Treasures of Arcania. Oh, right. Okay. Is it still available then? Um, not, not anywhere because it got greenlit, but I didn't actually sort of fully release it eventually. So oh, it's, right. it's okay. kind of it's sitting on a, sitting on my computer somewhere, but. Um, not not fully released. Um, okay. And then since then, it was just you know make, making little things here and there. And then after Savalene so and I got together, and then met Sam through her. Um, picked up picked up the board game side of things because um, it was something like we all had, to, uh, we all had a good passion for. It was something like he, mm-hmm. those guys had been designing their own, um, for years and stuff before we we all met. And then I'd been doing my Sort of video game side of things, so it, it fit well together, I think. So, I mean, you um, you went on to create Doomsday Bots, yeah? Yeah, yeah, that was our first thing together, yeah. That was your first kind of thing together. I mean, how long... Who came up with the original kind of idea? Was it kind of like a mixture of everybody together, or was it kind of Sam shuffling towards the table one morning <laughs> and saying, I, I couldn't sleep last night, so I did this, guys, what do you think? Uh... Well, the concept for Doomsday Bots actually started off um, as sort of like a dungeon runner fantasy style game, like a roguelike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, all right, okay. And then it just kind of evolved into like a robot kind of thing, with the way yeah. sort of pieces were were laid out. And then the whole tower concept kind of came from that. Um, yeah, I remember. It was one day we were we were chatting away, uh, talking about like, oh, so you're you're going through this dungeon and you've got your sword and you've got your armor and then something hits you, so you drop your sword and you got to keep going. Um, and we were mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, it'd be kind of interesting if it was a, if it was a robot instead. So if you got hit, like you might literally lose your head, but you can keep on going because you're just this jank robot flailing your way through these dungeons, and it sort of evolved from there. Did it take long to kind of put together then? Um. The initial concept kind of came together quite fast, um, but it was like the first kind of board game that we really kind of pushed towards making a real thing. So there was a lot of work gone into just changing up the card pool every couple of weeks, seeing how it worked, a lot of kind of playtesting. We're, we're kind of in the same uh, playtesting loop that we are in now with Adventure Mart, where we just kind of have Sundays as Digi Sprite Day, and we just make sure oh, we okay. sit down and, and get like a playtest done. And then talk about anything that we need to do, and then yeah, you know, everybody gets a post-it note with the things they need to do during the next week, and then we go away and do some work. So like, I'll go away and work on the card pool, and mm-hmm. the girls will go and do you know whatever they do because I don't see them because I'm not here when they do it. Um, <laughs> and then we'll just all come back together on Sunday and then do it again. So it it, it took a like um like three months or something like that to really just get the card pool and stuff into a state that we felt was mm-hmm. like a full kind of game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a period of lots of iteration cycles. The actual game engine clunks into place fairly early, and then it's just us taking hammers to it for a few months until we feel satisfied with what we've got. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've just got a vision of you all standing around the table with hammers in you (laughs) to smash it, smash bits off of like cardboard and going, this is not, this is not how you make a game. But. It definitely feels like that sometimes when, like you know, you're trying to come oh, up with an idea and it just, it just, it's just not coming together at all. Um, do Do you have to strip stuff out? I mean, do you find you're kind of like because there's three of you, you're bringing a lot of ideas to the table, so it ends up like a massive, delicious stew of ideas. But then somebody says, you know, the kind of we need to take the onions out, you better get rid of the mushrooms, you know, kind of thing. And, and you're kind of having to remove stuff down to, to kind of get it down to the kind of the base tastiness, if you know what I mean. What a bad analogy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we we call that the, the board game umami. Um, oh, you've so got a name for it. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we'll start with like, a, you know, just everything. And we'll just kind of put together what we think mm-hmm. is, is maybe a, a possible idea. With just sort of all mm-hmm. the ideas we have, and then we'll just kind of boil that down, um, take out the bits that don't seem to be working, or if it's something that's like, okay, this seems good, but it's not working as it is, then we can kind of rework that and try it again, um, and mm-hmm. then we get it down to sort of like a uh, like a, a base version, and with sort of a solid, you know, a solid engine, solid core that's working, and then from okay. there we can then start sort of building it back up again with things that fit that engine itself. Um, until we have the the kind of fully fleshed out, fully fleshed out game. Yeah, I think um, Adventure Mark's like a really good example of that. Yeah. Where for the first sort of five versions of the game, it was sort of like a uh-huh. Euro kind of drafting game. So like you just sit alone in your corner and do a bunch of things here and there. Yeah. Um, okay. But we like we we kept stripping parts out and putting things in, but it was kind of like always missing like that umami that that real good hit. Of, of gameplay goodness um and then just on like the fifth version i can't even remember what sparked it but i thought like what if we use like a deck building engine not as like yeah. a not as like a full deck building game but just the process of building a deck is sort of like side to facilitate a lot of the gameplay actions and stuff and, mm-hmm. and we okay. just kind of inserted that into the game with all the other pieces that we had and it worked out kind of kind of just going forward from that and now we're like 13 versions deep on Adventure Mart is mm-hmm. it's been like a deck building game kind of since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you took um, Doomsday, Doomsday Boss. You took to kind of Kickstarter, and was that kind of like a conscious decision at the time? Did you actually think of going ahead and kind of self-publishing it, kind of yourselves through the business, or was was Kickstarter kind of the really the only viable option to kind of get? doomsday bots into kind of reality um yeah i think like initially it was a case of we have this idea and we'd love to see it become a thing um but we don't you know we didn't have the the personal funds to be able to just you know drop drop a whole load of money into and and make it Mm -hmm. happen ourselves um without knowing you know whether it would work at all um or whether anyone would be interested in it or anything um, so yeah, Kickstarter was kind of the the aim from the start. Um, but initially, you know, we were like, right, this is something we think is actually pretty good. Um, we could actually we could make this into something that we think would maybe sell and people would maybe want. 
Um, yeah. So at that point, I set out to get us some funding um, to be able to get us to the point where we could kind of, rather than going to Kickstarter with just kind of like a an idea, I want to go there with like a, a proper concept of a thing that was basically ready to print. Um, so I went to Scottish Enterprise and was able to. Yeah, okay. I was able to okay. secure us a, a grant through them, um, and that took us sort of through through art and production and um, not not production, sorry, um, through art mm-hmm. and prototyping and stuff um, mm-hmm. to the point mm-hmm. where it was like, right, we've got a finished product here. We just need to make it. And then we went to Kickstarter with that, so that it was like you know there's there's no risk really to the to the backers who are who are wanting to to get involved because it's all there you know it's all ready to go. It's just once we get the once we hit our goal, that's it. The game's getting made. It's going to ship out to you. There's you know there's no problems there. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. That's how we we did that. Yeah. How um how easy was it dealing? I suppose I should explain to everybody. Because we do have a lot of listeners in America, that Scottish Enterprise is basically it's a government body that provides information, advice, support, kind of workshops to various different parts of Scottish industry. Could it be digital? Um, traditionally, funnily enough, they've never really concentrated on kind of retail for a thing, but they provide kind of like funding, they can provide grant funding and things like that as well. So were they quite, were they, how easy, how receptive they were they to the kind of the pitch? Because I guess, you know, um, it must have been a fairly unusual kind of pitch to them to say, is it, did you get asked if it was like Monopoly or if it was like... <laughs> You know, Cluedo, or was it kind of like that kind of conversation, or was the person that you dealt with, were were you educating them as much as they were educating you during the kind of the funding process? Um, There was a bit of both. Um, Yeah. Luckily, the advisor that I got put onto um, was kind of a fan of board games himself. Oh, that's cool. That was really good. Um, So, like, I was was able to speak to him about it, and, like, I could see he was kind of excited about the idea and thought it would be really cool Mm -hmm. to be able to to help a business in Scotland be able to get into doing sort of board games and things. Um, so he was really receptive and really helpful with that. So I think, I think he, he was definitely really useful in that regard because he was, you know, he, he was switched on enough and kind of got the idea. Um, so he was able to help take that forward and guess, guess the funding that we needed for that, which was really cool. Yeah. I think um, Mark McKinnon, who did Wreck and Ruin, um, he dealt with an advisor he's kind of um probably closer to to central kind of west coast and the advisor that he dealt with kind of um was aware of exploding kittens okay. so they were the kind of the other extreme yeah, yeah. he kind of looked at his board game and idea and he goes you are aware that exploding kittens did about 1.2 million so this means you're gonna have to invest this amount of money for advertising <laughs> and mark's just like you know, hold the phone here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just not gonna. It's just not gonna 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 happen. But were they were they kind of decent in the kind of the level of support and assistance that they kind of gave you to kind of help you get it before you were kind of taking it to Kickstarter? Yeah, the guy that I worked with was great for that. Um, like he was really understanding, and there's a mm-hmm. they kind of went out of their way to help us with a few things because. Um, with with their funding, you have to put you have to pay the things before they pay you back. Yes, so yes, yeah. They were normally it would have to like you would pay the the whole amount 
and then they'd pay you it all back. Um, but that wasn't really an option for us, so I was able to work with him to make it so like it got split in half. So like we paid so like the artists the first half, and then they paid us that back, and then we used that second half to pay the next half, and then got it back, and sort of went. We're able to do it like that rather than having to have, um, you know, that rather than having to have a whole amount of money just sitting there ready to go. Um, uh-huh. So he okay. was really good for that. Well, that's cool. Um. Because then you went to you obviously you, you went to you went to Kickstarter mm-hmm. as we've said, and um, you didn't just fund you kind of you funded and then some yeah because you asked for you asked for five thousand and you ended up kind of romping home with about almost thirteen and a half. Um, with I mean that was when was that was that May that was May last year roughly wasn't it. Yeah, finished so around, I think it. it we July, sorry, July. Yeah, July. Yeah, sorry. Um, at that point, I mean, was the target that you'd set was that because one of the things I noticed about last year on Kickstarter was there seemed to be a lot of targets going down there where the guys needed ten grand, but they set their funding goal at five, and it still seems to be some kind of ridiculous thing that's going on in Kickstarter, but. Did you set the level so it was like, well, if we get five grand, it's definitely happening. If we get less than five, if we get, you had to get like a, a more than five grand in order to make it a reality, or was the five grand going to definitely cover cover the costs and get it already? Yeah, like um, before we went to Kickstarter, I spoke with like a bunch of manufacturers and stuff, um, got right, quotes okay. from them to say, right, this is how much it'll cost you to make this. Uh-huh. Um. So we went in. That was the the five k goal was you know that would that would cover that and cover shipping for the amount of backers that we would probably have sitting at around five thousand. Um, All right. Okay. So okay. we went in with that and thought, right, if we can get that, that'd be really cool because that gets it made. It gets it in people's hands, and there's obviously been interest in what we made. Um. But yeah, then it just went. It kind of exploded. Um. Just like out of nowhere, really. Um, not entirely sure how that happened because we, we put it on on the first day um, and I just kind of it just went crazy because um, it was it was funded the day after I think it was like 37 hours or something yeah. uh, like we couldn't believe it um, and then we had sort of like a, a bit of a lull and then we went to the UK Games Expo and then it picked up again and then a bit uh-huh. of a lull and then again at the end it just went crazy again um, it was yeah we we couldn't believe it, you know. We were we took it to Kickstarter, thinking, "Well, we've got a cool idea here, um, and we hope people like it." Um, and then, yeah, like it overfunds by nearly sort of three times as much as we wanted. Yeah, yeah. Did you do a lot of marketing then? I mean, were you building up kind of contacts within the industry? You know, did you do a lot of marketing in the community to kind of raise awareness of? You know, uh, of doing bots. I think the the biggest thing we did was just the UK Games Expo, just being able to sort of right, get okay. in front of like you know twenty odd thousand people and and pitch it to them. Yeah. And we we deliberately we launched the Kickstarter sort of a few days before the UK Games Expo, um. So that meant that it was running while we were there. So you know we could say to people, look, you know, if you really like yeah. this, then it's it's there for you to back if you're if you're interested, rather than mm-hmm, it being like mm-hmm. you know this is already finished. So if you like it, you'll have to wait until it's out and then buy and stuff. Um, so, but other than that, we didn't do any marketing. Um, because mostly just because it wasn't really in the budget, you know, the, the Scottish enterprise funding that paid for, um, 
the art and the prototypes and stuff, um, but didn't, we didn't really yeah. have anything left for marketing and stuff. So the the UK Games Expo was the was the big thing that we really wanted to to hit and and get a lot of mm. feedback, get a lot of people engaged and and whatnot, and that seems to have worked really well. And the Dooms, Doomsday Box is now out there. It is, yeah, yeah. We, um, we shipped it all last week. Was that kind of um, kind of quite cool? Yeah, kind it's, of, it's crazy. <laughs> being like, surrounded by boxes, actually having your game, yeah, kind yeah. of in your hands, and it all kind of being finished and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of unbelievable. Like, um, it turned up like at the door in a big lorry, and it just got dumped as like a big pallet of these just fifty-one <laughs> boxes of this, and we we're just like, oh no, we've got it. We've got to find room for this. Somewhere. Did you have? Uh, we actually, did you have to kind of like take it home or something like that? Did you have you got have you got kind of like we living rooms full of boxes? Yeah, and stuff? exactly. Yeah, so like we we got it dropped off just outside, and then we we sort of shuttled it all in. We actually we had to sell hmm. a sofa to make enough space in the living room to pile all of the boxes up. Really? So yeah, we we got rid of a sofa, piled oh. them all up in there, um, and then it was just like a, for the next couple of weeks, it's just like an assembly line of of just box packing from all three of us like mm-hmm. we'd one person's wrapping them all in bubble wrap one person's building the boxes one person's like fitting them all yeah. in and filling it and we watched uh, a lot of star trek movies yeah yeah it was basically <laughs> just sit down put, put a bunch of movies on and, and go for oh, it oh dear uh, and who's yeah. like who's the idea whose idea was the star trek then well, that, that was that's me. Robin. Yeah. yeah really yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like so you did say, you was, did you ship them all out then we did, did you yeah. ship them out yourselves then? All right, okay. okay. Yeah, so we just, we had like a, a Royal Mail business account and we just just printed out all the labels, packed mm-hmm. them all, sent them all out. Um, yeah. Our local post office may hate us now. Yeah, t- turning up with like, I think in total <laughs> it was like, like 35, 40 bags of, of games. It's just like, here you go. This is your problem now. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. Did you turn up? Did you make sure? You, I mean, obviously, pension day. I don't think exists anymore because everybody gets it up. <laughs> but did you go in, in in the busiest time possible on the busiest day possible, and just turn around and look at everybody and say, "Got four hundred of these to post. <laughs> Better go and get yourself a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a while." Well, we managed to take it up to one of their depots, and um, but the funny right. thing was, obviously, so we, we've got all these board games in boxes which just increases the bulk of them and then you're putting them yeah. in postal bags and you're wrapping them up tagging them and we're like okay so we've got about 27 bags here my wow. car can fit 12 <laughs> <laughs> so we load up the car and we drive it over yeah. there and then we're like okay cool we're here to give you all these bags and they're like okay wow that's uh. quite a lot and i'm like oh no 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 this is just carload number one <laughs> Um, it's like back to student days of moving house. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to stuff as many <laughs> as many bags in there. Um and oh, uh, but we managed to get it all done in the end, but they were they were they went above and beyond the college duty that day, I'll say that. Did you drive safe though? Of I course. mean, was that the main thing? You weren't driving with like a big a big sack of board games in your lap <laughs> to no. wrap your round arms around the steering head out window open, <laughs> head out the side. Yeah, that's not the type of victory lap I'd be interested in. It's like, yay, we did it, everyone, and then just crash into the tea. And... <laughs> it make um, kind of interesting copy in an advertising point of view. I think you would have sold out in the first print, and if you'd done that, yeah, you know, possibly. it's like, oh, doomsday more, you know, doomsday more than just like as a game, really doomsday for life, pretty <laughs> much, kind of thing. 
Um, have you had a chance to play it, or are you sick to the back teeth? <laughs> it kind of playing it as well because this is one of the things I see a lot. Is um, it's almost like it's the second. It's like the second honeymoon. Obviously, the first you go through a couple of them. Obviously, when the game gets funded, you're like, yay! And then knowing that the game's ready and made. But have you kind of like have you had a chance to actually play a fully produced kind of finished copy yet? We have, yeah. We actually, we played a few games of it today, um, just this afternoon. Um, but yeah, like during development, it was definitely, you know, you just play this thing constantly and, and you're like tweaking things and fixing it. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, when you're, when you're just playing it day in, day out and, and thinking about it nonstop, it's, yeah, it can be a nightmare. Yeah. Like towards the end of development, I came up with a way to just test the game myself. Um, just set up like a gauntlet and pretend to be four players and just like wow. roll d20s all the time just getting it through and i could do a match in about like 15 minutes by the end but it was, it was really helpful in just like testing specific things so i would set up the game mm-hmm. in like a certain way and then roll it through that way and then on our sundays okay. we could get in like a, a more general like um fun time test i guess yeah for me the breaking yeah. point was the uk games expo and um, because we obviously mm-hmm. had a demo table set up and um, it was like there was not much time at all where the demo table was not running so luckily enough we had three of us so we could rotate out but for what yeah three yeah. three days yeah. um, you're just constantly playing the game um, and luckily enough it's a game that does have a lot of variety you can build your robots in lots of different ways we still discover yeah. um, but there's still there's only so many times you can play your own game before you start like dreaming at night and, and hearing the doomsday bots pitch in your head <laughs> yeah. and like imagining okay cool so i'm gonna like shoot the rocket fist here and then go here and then like rocket jump yeah. over here and do this and yeah it's like i i love you but i hate currently looking at your face yeah <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. um, <laughs> yeah kind of like you know you are my child but if i see you again i'm gonna lock you in the cellar <laughs> um it's Retail, it's available on retail just now, so everybody's going to be going, yes, they keep talking about this game, but they're not actually really talking about this game. Um, who's willing to give the kind of the 37 second elevator pitch on what Doomsday Bots is about? And I think you should have a, a slapping contest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> Okay. Who's, who's gonna who's gonna step up to the plate? Okay, so I'm rewinding my mentality back like about six, seven months ago to the UK Games Expo where we had to recite okay, this to go. thousands of people over and over again. Um, right, and and I could put on my sales pitch voice. Yeah. I want to hear the sales pitch All voice. Right. Uh, so Doomsday Bots is a two to four player um, bot drafting game set in a post apocalyptic world where everyone takes on the roles of mad geniuses. Um, and what you've got to do is at the start of the game, there's a drafting phase which represents your mad geniuses scavenging around the wasteland and looking for like broken bot parts. So we're talking like arms, legs, weapons, torsos, etc, etc. So you all draft out these parts um, and then you build a boss tower, uh, which like the default shape is a clock tower, um, which is like oh, right, two okay. cards wide yeah. and five cards tall. Um, but you can technically set up in whatever way you want. Um and at the top of this tower, you shove uh, a boss, which is there's how many in the game at the end? Was there seven? There's, there's ten. Ten. Ten different bosses in the game. So you pick a boss wow. randomly, um, and then uh-huh. the boss also comes with a bunch of boss loot. 
um, which are like super powerful pieces of equipment. Um, and the goal of the game is to build your little scrappy, broken, barely working robot um, and climb up through the tower. Um, so each room has uh, various challenges in it, so it could be something deadly like a hall of turrets which will like shoot your robot up, um, or it could be um, like the goon break room which is just where there's a bunch of like goons sitting around having like a, a nice a nice mm-hmm. game of cards, um, yeah. and your bot will be challenged on different stats, so intelligence, speed and power, uh, which are like the three that are in the game. Um, and each, All right, okay. each part you equip to your bot will give you a bonus to that stat. Um, and it will also give you like a special effect. So you might have rocket boots that will give you a plus to your speed and also let you like skip a room. Um, or uh, like a molten gun blade, um, which gives you like a power and intelligence, I believe, yeah. unless you cut through things, etc. Uh, so the entire goal of the game is to fight your way through all the rooms, and you can also attack each other. There's some good PvP in there. Um, uh, all the way up to the top of the tower, defeat the boss, and then claim the Doomsday device from them, and then fight your way back down the bottom of the tower and escape to hand it off to your mad genius, um, so that you can end the world right this time. Um, and I think I covered most of it. The primary sort of main mechanic that we quite like is that any time you fail a test or any time mm-hmm. you lose a fight with a player, a piece of your robot mm-hmm. will break off and fall down onto like the floor, at which point other people can pick that up and slot it into their robot or you can scramble all around. Right, okay. So as you fight your way through, you're all knocking bits off each other and it's a, it's a bit like a destruction derby of post-apocalyptic steampunk robots. That is... That is cool. That was, however, a lot longer than thirty seconds. It was. I am sorry. I'd like to. I'd just like to point. I am going to be editing this bang on thirty-seven seconds. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, it was a little bit rusty. Okay. I just don't want you to end up kind of like waking up in the middle of the night now and going, "Things falling off." You know, because you've now back into the line of this is the only thing that's going to be going through your brain now for kind of like the next three weeks. It's kind of like brought you back, brought you back into the room of of pitching again. Um, and how much is it? Uh, so it's Dubai. It's twenty four pounds, and then postage on top of that. Um, oh, cool! So about three pounds postage in the UK, I think. Oh, cool! And you can get that from the website. Yep, you can get it on our website. There's a few retailers. Around the world that are stocking it as well, which is pretty cool. Um, oh, that is cool. So that is cool. Might be able to pick it up in your a local store. Who knows? Yeah. Are you going through the likes of um, kind of online places like Amazon or eBay or anything like that as well, or is it just um, purely through your own site? Currently, just through our own site, but I've been looking into the the Amazon, uh, like sort of fulfillment by Amazon stuff. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Main issue with that is just like you're charged a monthly fee. And so it's like, yes. to make it worth Still. it, you have to be selling like a certain amount of whatever it is you're selling. So yes, probably have to gauge interest a bit and then and then see about, you know, if it'd be worth it or if it's just going to cost us money to put them on there. Yeah, yeah I know all about, I know all about Amazon as well. It's my, um, it's my day job. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> so, you know, I was going to like try and stop, uh, talking shop and say oh yes well if yours if it's got this dimensions then you'll find you'll be having it this price and if it's this you know so i'm gonna shut up now um you know but talking of going online shopping uh to a different type of shopping and adventure mart um tell me about adventure mart because it sounds um is it, it looks like a little bit of a 
a kind of a different direction. But tell me all about it, please. All right. Um, so it, it began as like a idea that we wanted to make like a shop management fantasy style game. Um, and because we thought like there's not really anything quite like that out there. Um, <laughs> and it, like that, like it was kind of a different kind of design because Doomsday Bots began mostly with like the game engine intact. And we went to like, we added flavor on top of it. Um, but with like Adventure Mart, we kind of had the goal of this is how we want the game to feel. Mm. And we just started building in to try and make something that we wanted at the end. Um, so Adventure Mart is, do you, want, do you want the pitch pretty much? I probably want a, a shorter pitch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> then, I mean, I'm not, don't take it personally, Elaine, but you said 37, well, I said 37 <laughs> seconds, but. Sam, okay, and 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 okay, three, two, one, then we'll go. Okay, three, two, one, go. Okay, uh, Adventure Mart is a deck building slash store management game for two to four players. Um, during the game, you'll acquire a bunch of stock for your store and sell it to a bunch of adventurers that show up in town. And during the course of the game, you can hire employees and install fixtures in your shop to make you like be the best shop in town. Um, each player controls their own shop and you're trying to earn the most money by the end of the game. And that's it. Wow. See, that's how you do a pitch. <laughs> but you didn't <laughs> talk about the theme. I, did, the, I didn't really the, talk about the theme, though. Pitch, um, pitch. Yeah. We, we, yeah. So we started like a, a fantasy style, like kind of standard fantasy concept. Um, but then mm. I think I was having a shower one day and I just came out of the shower and I just had this idea that we should just twist it into this sort of like 7-Eleven modern fantasy kind of style instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of made sense from like the convenience store aspect. So like, you know, you're selling like cups of like magical ramen noodles and, yeah. you know, you're stocking like some pets and stuff to sell at people as well. So it's got kind of like a, a cute kind of angle on it as well. Um, and we're, we're trying to kind of root it in sort of global mythology. So it's not just like, you know, British swords and knights and dragons and stuff like that um and i think like our artist has done a real good job at, at putting that yeah. kind of feel together yeah the art looks um well from the, the couple of bits i've seen it's cute as mm-hmm. i love the kind of the deer yeah <laughs> i love that deer i want to own that it's very pokemon-y isn't it um no, that's very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. What's the plans with it? I mean, is it still in development? Are you still playtesting phase? Kind of, where are you um, so with this at the moment? We're still developing and, and playtesting and everything just now, but we're mm-hmm. we're definitely getting there. Um, you know, each each playtest, it's it's just getting closer and closer to what we think is is the right formula for it. Yeah, I think um, we're about mm-hmm. we're about ninety ninety five percent complete yeah. on like the game engine. Yeah, I think so. Um, so. And everything from here on is mostly like art and production. Yeah, yeah, just sort of getting, you know, getting sort of looking the feel of it right, and you know, f- finalizing names for things and and, and things like mm. that. Um, but I think in general, the, the kind of gameplay and mechanics aspect are, are mostly done. Okay, and are you going to go the same route with this? Is this going to be, you know, you going back to Kickstarter with this one? Or I mean, are you are you looking at potentially other kind of methods? Um, yeah, so, um, pretty much the same same plan as last year, I think. Um, mm-hmm. with the the sort of you know Kickstarter, UK Games Expo, and 
this year it'll be it'll be cool because we'll be able to take that there and be sort of play testing that and to yeah. we're going to be hopefully going to some other conventions and stuff so we'll be able to be taking that and play testing that but also we'll have like doomsday bots to sell and, and whatnot so so similar kind of route but at least this time we'll be sort of a bit bit more prepared a bit more sort of savvy about yeah. about it all because like the uk games expo was our first first time doing something like that so it was kind of kind of a crazy it wasn't it wasn't really like planned initially we weren't sort of like <laughs> you know we, we didn't go into it being like right we're gonna we're gonna take doomsday bots and go to the expo yeah, it was you, just like you wanted to go to like Eschenspiel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> initially that that was that was that was a bit ambitious, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I think I was like, there's a lot of, need to go lot to of pennies with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, we we started small, you know, with with the UK Games yeah. Expo. Um, but yeah, like it, it wasn't a plan from the start. We didn't think, okay, we're starting this this board game thing, so we'll we'll make sure we have something ready for the UK Games Expo. It was just kind mm-hmm, of like you know mm-hmm. closer to the time we we realized we had something that was at the point where, yeah, we can be kickstarting this and, like, showing it to people. So it was kind of a, a spur-of-the-moment thing. It was like, yep, it's, we're just doing this. That That's it. Mm-hmm. We're going to the UK Games Expo. Um, so, like, I, I just went and booked, booked a booth, booked all that, and then it was just this crazy rush to mm-hmm. get, you know, tables and, and tablecloths and banners and all this sort of stuff ready for, for it. And then, you know, getting cards printed up and cutting them all out and, and stuff. It was... It was crazy, but it was it was an amazing experience to do it. In terms of kind of like how you're going with the business just now, I mean, I take it kind of running a Kickstarter day, Kickstarter a year isn't going to be enough to kind of keep the wolf from the door. No, no. You know, no. financially. So, are you? I take it you balance up the kind of the digital work that you're doing. With kind of like the 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 kind of the kick, is is it is the kind of the board game stuff? Is that almost like the hobby that the business does um, on the side until it kind of continues to kind of build up? It's kind of gone the opposite way. Um, don't really do mm. any of the digital stuff anymore, to be honest. Um, all right, okay. It's all kind of gone around to the to the board game side of things because it's you know we've we found that it's something we all really like doing. We work well mm-hmm. as a team and we've mm-hmm. obviously, you know, we've been able to produce something that's now a physical product, which is really cool. Um, okay. So like we all have our, our sort of nine to five jobs and this is our yeah. sort of, this is our side hustle um, yeah. at the moment. Okay. With the, <laughs> side hustle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we have the, the, certainly have the hopes of, you know, one day once, once we get to a certain point, we'll be able to, Able to do that, mm-hmm. do that sort of like mm-hmm. full time and stuff. But definitely, um, for now, it's just keep it, keep it in our our side hustle pile and do as much as we can with it. Um, try and make as much of a success of it as we can whilst just working our kind of regular nine to fives. And if Adventure Mart makes ten million dollars, you know, yeah, exactly, that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. That'd be good. <laughs> definitely. The thing is nowadays. If Adventure Mart makes ten million dollars, you're probably going to end up having to spend like nine million. Nine hundred thousand dollars, kind of on shipping it through the EU. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? We'll actually we'll yeah. lose money on that. We'll make like ten million on the Kickstarter, and then we'll actually owe like a million, and that'll be it. We'll you be done. Do like a, a ninja ninja division and claim that you spent ten times of it on kind of like salaries, kind of thing. Oh, that's sorry. Just ring ring the ninja division bell. Um, but 
on the other side of it, I mean, with you having the experience of kind of bringing a game to Kickstarter, getting it out there, going through the kind of the publishing side of things, is going becoming a publisher yourself as well, is that something that you guys have considered? And my reasoning, I'll give you the reason I'm asking this, is because there are companies like, say, Alley Cat Games, who have gone from producing their own games that they designed to actually now producing games that other people have designed and they're just bringing their kind of overall expertise on Kickstarter to the table. Would that would that be something you guys would ever consider if somebody came to you and said, you know, I've got a, you know, I've just lived around the corner, I've got a really, really good idea. Would you be interested in kind of listening to it? Would that, would that be something you guys would consider yourselves? Yeah, like that's that's kind of the long-term goal, goal with the company. Mm. Um Obviously, at the moment, we're kind of we're we're still learning and and whatnot ourselves. So, mm. I don't really think we'd be in a, a great position to to be taking someone else's stuff on. Um, but certainly, sort of long term, that's what we'd love to do. Is I don't think we ever want to stop making our own stuff. Um, but being able to you know continue making our own stuff, but also help other people and and eventually become you know sort of a small a small publisher where we can help people do do things with their games and give our expertise and, and stuff. That, that's definitely where we would like to end up. Okay. Is there a type of game that you'd love to make? I mean, Sam, I take it you would love to make the kind of the, the Magic the Gathering killer. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But <laughs> That's definitely the well, dream, but like, it's, it's like a definitely a full-time commit, commitment to make You'd have to kind of kill Richard Garfield, wouldn't well, you? Probably, yeah. I mean, let's be let's be honest. I mean, he's like, ah, ha, ha. You know, <laughs> I, I, take away, I take away my Magic the Gathering. I can come back ten times as stronger with something else, with Keyforge. Ha, 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 What about you, Elaine? Are you, um, are you a worker placement? Is there a, is there a big min- I mean, is there a big minis? I mean, we talked about Warhammer. Yeah, I think for me, um, I I cut my teeth growing up on a lot of the the Games Workshop specialist range back in the day. Things like your your Mordimes, your Necromundas, these skirmish games that have so much character and you get to build these little stories. Um, That's the thing I tend to sort of say a lot with the... Um, with when we're developing uh, the games and everything is that I'm always looking for the stories in the games even when you're playing a, a game that's 90% mechanical I'm still making up yeah. stories for for the tiles in Azul or whatever um, so like uh, my, my dream is this this wonderful beautifully detailed miniatures game where like it comes out of the box with beautiful campaign rules that develop character but also is balanced and doesn't take up four tables yeah <laughs> not Gloomhaven then <laughs> hey, Gloomhaven, I, I do have a split spot in my heart for Gloomhaven, just not on the table because it's a lot smaller than it needs to be. <laughs> it's a, at some size, I saw that there. I saw the box not that long ago. And I was just like that. I mean, I could move my house <laughs> using that box. Yeah. You know, that's, that's some, it's some size. Of, some, so basically, what we're saying is the kind of the, I guess, Le Grandiose kind of um, almost like a Lord of the Rings esque miniatures game is going to be coming from yourself, <laughs> Elaine. Is this what you're kind of saying? But on kind of like a much bigger scale, is there going to be singing? I guess is what we need to know. Absolutely. The primary method of doing any form of action is going to be ad libbing poetry. <laughs> um, 
Oh dear. Defence is only done through dirty limericks. I've, <laughs> I've heard a rumour. Um, what, what, moving swiftly onwards. What about yourself, Robin? I mean, um, is there any kind of game style that you would love to kind of, you would love Digi Sprite to be doing? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, for me, it's it's dice rollers. Um, oh right, okay. Like I, I love, but not not just like you know rolling a dice. It's like you know you got to be throwing handfuls of those things and just and see what <laughs> happens. Um, so something with a lot of dice where it's just pr- pretty much just a box full of dice. You know that that'd be like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be amazing. Are you too. like a dice forge and stuff like that? Did you get a chance to play dice forge? I've not tried that out yet, but it does it does look really cool. It's one that I've I'm pretty sure I've got on a wish list somewhere that I need to pick up at some point. Um, okay. But yeah, like things, um, champions, midgard, and stuff that does oh, that, yeah. that kind of yeah. that kind of gets there because you know you've got all your your warriors and stuff that you're rolling. Um, so I'd 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 love to make something with a lot of dice. Yeah. <laughs> You'd love um you'd love Steampunk Rally. I don't know if you've seen that, but you're basically it's an engine building game where you basically have handfuls of kind of clear different coloured dice. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. That's all I'll say. Um lots lots and lots of fun. Are you guys um are you guys gonna be venturing to Tabletop Scotland? Yep. Um, later on in the year. Yeah, we've got ourselves booked in for a booth there, so we'll be be there Ooh, definitely. Okay. Okay. So we'll have, uh, as 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 I. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we'll have hopefully. Well, I, I don't know. I say hopefully we'll have Doomsday bots on sale there, but mm-hmm. I'd also be hopeful that you know if they were sold before then and we didn't, then that would also <laughs> be good. So um, exactly. But yeah, so we we should probably have Doomsday bots there for sale, and then we'll be. Play, play testing adventure art and stuff as well. So oh, cool! Yeah, excellent. Um, I know of a lot of people that will be venturing up there, on myself included, because I had an off. Were you there? Did you go last year? We did. Yeah, we we didn't uh, exhibit last year, um, but we went no. along and took a look. It was it was really good. It's great to see yeah, that sort of thing yeah. like coming up here because yeah. everything's either like in the states or or down south. So it's really cool seeing that up here. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be. It's going to be. Bigger and hopefully um, just as much fun as as last time. Um, if people have listened along tonight and uh, they want to keep an eye on where you guys exist on the internet webs, where do you guys exist on the internet webs? Um, so we've got our our website, which is just digisprite.co.uk. Okay. Um, but most of our stuff just goes on Twitter. That's that's kind of where we are. Um, so like all of our updates for like adventure art and stuff just now we're we're posting sort of the the art that we get through from our artist and stuff that just okay. gets posted up there and updates with like doomsday bots and and, and all that so um, we're at digi sprite dev on there um that's that's definitely the best place to catch us and see what we're up to cool well what i will do is i'll make sure that um i we put all the links to these into the show notes so that we've got notes to show um, if you want to keep an eye on where we're up to just go to the internet and search for We're Not Wizards you'll find us we're everywhere we're like a rash <laughs> except the one you're too embarrassed to go to the doctor with but you wish you had once you're gone because you know they'll give you a quite quick cream and you'll be rid of it forever but you know um, I'm just you know just look after yourself but um, yeah and you'll find us on our website which is we're not wizards.com and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and 
you know, YouTube, and we're on all these lovely podcast catchers like Stitcher and Acast and Podknife and Podbean, and just take a word, put cast on the end, and that will be a podcast catcher that you can catch this podcast on. Um, if you like what you've listened to tonight, there's a couple of things you can do. The first thing you can do is tell somebody else, because one of the ways that we grow is by, you know, through word of mouth, um, and if you have enjoyed it, then brilliant, tell somebody else. If you've hated it and you just want to, like, you know, let somebody suffer for an hour or whatever, not them, me, um, then, you know, point them that way as well. If you really, really like what you've heard, consider going to Apple Podcasts, drop us a subscription, drop us a rating, consider giving us a review. If you are going to be giving us a review, then um, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed, but don't give us one star because it makes us cry and I'm old, which means I'm an ugly crier. <laughs> Um, but give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average, and it's just a little bit average. But the people who have not been average tonight, I give you the wonderful Sam, the fantastic Elaine, and the marvellous Robin. So thank you very, very much for coming on. Thanks thank for having us. Yeah. And uh, there's only two more things to do. The first thing is to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, people? No, I, not, I've heard we're not. No, not last I checked. <laughs> I did shout very loudly incantations at the cat, but it did nothing. <laughs> that's that's good enough for me. Uh, oh my word! Um, um, there's only one more thing to say: is just to say goodbye. So it's a goodbye from Elaine. Say goodbye, Elaine. Goodbye, Elaine. Say goodbye, Sam. Goodbye, Sam. Say goodbye, Robin. Goodbye, Robin. And we've got the triple, yay! <laughs> it's goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe, roll sixes, and, um, you know, uh, check out Doombots. You know, just, you know, there'll be links in the show notes. It looks fun. It looks worthwhile buying. And then after that, if you've, um, if you've checked out Doombots, then, you know, maybe keep an eye on the next game, which is going to be coming to Kickstarter sometime in the future. But they'll kind of, the best thing to do is just like follow them on Twitter and stuff like that. But until the next time, goodbye. A wizard is never late. Nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to.